Thursday, January 6th, 2022. And today on the show, we're talking about a new indie horror survival game built in the Unreal 5 engine, how Microsoft and Sony are going to have another great year in terms of sales, and CES is going to need to tighten its belt a little bit. This is the Culture Jack News Desk. This is the Culture Jack News Desk. I'm your host, Dustin. It was a little weird saying 2022. You know how you, uh, as a new year approaches and you have to write the date on things, you always end up writing the previous year and then scribbling out the last number. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. I did that in the first take. That was not a, it was not a thing I needed to record several times. I managed to say Thursday, January 6, 2022, the very first time. Now, is that saying that this is the first take of this show in particular? No, it is not. Of course it is not. I have to build myself up every time. And I had thought this was going to be a very casual show. So I went and got a jellied powder donut. And it was sitting on the counter. My daughter had opened the box in a very bizarre way, and it was very stale. What a way to start the first show, talking talking about the way my, my, my daughter staled up some food, and I ate that food because I am a glutton. And I guess that would be a good time to talk about New Year's resolutions. Now, I was thinking... What should I make as a New Year's resolution for, for this show in particular, for the news desk? And New Year's resolutions are a weird thing to me anyway, because why, why do we, as a human species, have this inclination to make a New Year's resolution at the beginning of the year? I know it's like a fresh beginning. It's a new, it's a new start. And really, any excuse, any benchmark could be used as a good a good excuse to make a resolution, to make a commitment to yourself, for yourself to be better in some way, whether that's to be fitter, healthier, more compassionate, more kind, more giving, whatever it is, Um, whether that's a birthday or an anniversary or maybe a Christmas present to yourself and yourself and others. But really, most of the time when we make a resolution, it's after we have done whatever it is that we are resolving against. Like if you are making a resolution to eat better and become more fit, it's usually after you've finished a great big meal and a great big dessert. Uh, usually when you resolve to drink less, it's after you've already, you've already been hung over. And so I don't know if there's an opportunity where, I mean... I guess you'd be a better judge than I, but I don't know if there's an opportunity where I I had a really bad show for the news desk and I was like, man, I really need to do better. But I was thinking about it and one resolution that I thought I could make that maybe it's, maybe it's not super hard, but is to, is to talk more about uh, the other the other consoles, the other video game companies, specifically Sony and Nintendo. I, last year especially, have been such a fanboy for the Xbox and the Microsoft lineup that oftentimes I will maybe forego some news that has to do with Sony or Nintendo. Oh, I know. Shame on me. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, it's not usually me just lamenting about what a horrible person I am with Nintendo and Sony. This is the Culture Jack News Desk. It's one of 
five shows that we do every week. And this is the one where I get to talk about video games and the video game industry. And I guess on this show, <laughs> make a half-assed resolution to myself and to you that I will be, I will be more ambivalent. Is that the word? I will be more uh, fair-handed when it comes to my coverage of the different video game platforms that you use and that you love. But if this is your first time on the show, know that I do have a very strong bias toward the Xbox and a very strong loathing for mobile gaming. Uh, but with that all, all out of the way and being said, uh, let's, let's jump into the news. All right, our first news story has to do with a, a partnership. It's Remedy enters partnership agreement with Tencent Games for a free-to-play shooter codenamed Vanguard. Uh, this news comes to us from GamingBolt.com. Uh, let's see, uh, to quote the CEO of Remedy Entertainment, Taro Vertala, Vanguard marks Remedy's first entry into a games-as-a-service business model. All right, um, Taro, you've lost me there immediately. Executed by our top-tier team of free-to-play experts, we are building something new and exciting for cooperative multiplayer space on top of Remedy's strengths, expanding our cap capabilities. Wait, hold on. Did I lose? No. Expanding on our capabilities to take on publishing responsibilities is the next step in the development of our company. Uh, what else did they say? Okay, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. So Remedy made the Alan Wake games. They're making Alan Wake 2 uh, they made Control. I think they made another one where this dude could see the future. I just don't remember what it was. They're making a Control multiplayer called Condor and a sequel to Control as well. And then Crossfire X, they worked on the single player part of that game, which Remedy makes great games. I played a little bit of Control. It was an awesome game. I, <laughs> you know, PvE, games as service, free to play, it just... Uh, Anthem, Destiny, we have these games already, these looter shooters, these infinite forever games that they want to keep you involved in. And I, I like that maybe do a games as, uh, as a service as a single player game, which I guess most single player games are at this point. Okay, Hideo Kojima is starting work on a radical new project. This comes from a tweet from Hideo Kojima himself. He said, this year, this was on January 1st, he dropped it the, the very first day of the new year. He said, this year, I'm going to start a new work in earnest and move to the next level of experimentation with a radical project. I'm also hoping to get the video, video team going. Video team? And I may start something like a radio project. So to me, it sounds like Hideo Kojima is trying to worm his way into the podcast space, at least with that very last part of that statement. And Hideo, Kojima-san, I need to ask you to kindly stay in your own lane, sir. Like, I don't, I don't come into your house and make world-class video games. You get out, look. Look, Anthony and I have, we've been working hard to make this podcast a real successful kind of podcast, and you can't just come in here with your video game knowledge, and, well, it's going to be in Japanese. I won't be able to understand it anyway. Gosh, you're making a podcast that's not even for me? How dare you, sir? There are no subtitles on podcasts. Well, I guess there are. I guess depending on the platform you use, you could probably have a visual, you know, uh, 
visual audio visualizer thing that also has subtitles on the bottom. In fact, I think, I think the Facebook uh, podcast uh, player does that podcast player, music player, whatever it is, sound player on Facebook. Anyway, Hideo Kojima, this is your warning. Stay to what you know best and I'll stay to what I know best. And we, we shall not interfere in each other's works. If you, God, if you come and create a successful podcast here on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or SoundCloud, I'm going to have no choice but to make Metal Gear Solid 6. And you're going to feel really bad about it because it's going to be really good. And I am going to work with Konami. I am not going to, like, I'm not pulling punches at all. I'm going to be like, hey, that Kojima guy, I know he gave you a hard time. Wasn't great. Let me work with you. I'm the next Kojima. They call me uh, Kojima Light is what they call me. No one calls me that. Uh, next up, the Dying Light 2 Stay Human PlayStation 4 and Xbox One gameplay will be showcased this month in January. So that's something to look forward to. I, mean, I am excited about that game. I only played a little bit of the first Dying Light, and it was a good game by all, all standards. Um, I just never finished it. And I think you can buy, like, the Ultimate Collection with all of the DLC. I think they had four DLCs, and by all the reports out, the DLCs were very, very good. So I think you can play all of those for, like, 15 bucks or 20 bucks now. Go get yourself some Dying Light. Sonic Frontiers was originally planned for 2021, but was delayed to, quote, further brush up on the quality, which is a decision that I can't be mad about. I have long been an advocate for these companies that are trying to minimize crunch, for these companies that are trying to delay and put out their games in a finished state rather than put out an unfinished game that everyone's unhappy with, the consumer's not happy with, the stockholders aren't happy with, and that you're just going to have to get a massive update a few months later. Finish your games. Sonic Frontiers, although not one that I was, you know, super excited about. Uh, it's one that I'll play if it comes to Game Pass. That's that's how you get me to play games. I don't buy a lot of games anymore. I take that back. I got a couple of Xbox gift cards for uh, for Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas to me. And I did buy uh, Sekiro. Oh, gosh, I'm mispronouncing that terribly. Sekiro Shadows Die Twice, the Ultimate Edition. And that was like $40. Oh, man, I'm very excited to play that game. It's downloading right now as we speak. Uh, Elden Ring will keep players, quote, interested, exploring, and having fun, says director Hidetaka Miyazaki. Uh, he also states that the open-world action RPG offers more freedom to players than From Software had initially planned. Now, that's contrary to reports that I've heard that the open world of, of Elden Ring feels a little bit scarce, a little bit empty. Um, in a recent interview with Edge Magazine, Miyazaki said that in particular, From Software focused on the game's tempo and ensuring the players always have something new and interesting to do, whether that's a quest, a dungeon, or simple exploration. Open-world games are awesome, and I think the one in my most recent memory that did open-world the best is Red Dead Redemption 2. And the reason I say that is... Zelda Breath of the Wild, a, a truly revolutionary game in the Zelda franchise and for open world games uh, as well. I mean, the, the freedom of exploration and movement that you had in that game, you could climb any wall, you could run to any place, you could swim across anything, uh, was incredible. 
But the main criticism of that game and many other open world games like it is that they often feel empty. And that's what some reports earlier on have described Elden Ring as feeling, as a little bit empty. Red Dead Redemption 2, for as little of that as I did play, because I did only play a little bit of Red Dead Redemption 2, it always seemed like there was someone in trouble on the side of the road. There was something to hunt as you were going. The world felt filled and full. Uh, and not, not really since Red Dead Redemption 2 have I played a game that felt like that. So I hope uh, Miyazaki is right and he is, uh, he, he's, he's really filled out this world for us. He said, there were a number of challenges that, of course, came with the scope of this game and of the world. There are a lot of areas in which we've had to use trial and error since creating the Dark Souls series, iterating on those mechanics and formulas, expanding on them in this new sense of scale. A lot of it was related to the game tempo, the rhythm and the flow of the game to keep the player from getting bored, to keep them interested, exploring and having fun. And of course, in this brand new huge world that we've created, we wanted a, to prioritize that fun and level of player freedom more than anything. So with that comes a lot of characters, a lot of events that you're trying to incorporate, and you don't want anything to tread on the toes of anything else. You want it to all mingle and to mesh nicely with the player and their own motivations as well. But you want it to be there and you want it to provide that stimulation, 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 you want it to provide that stimulation for progressing. Stimulization. I, you thought you were getting a new Dustin in the new year. You thought 2022 was going to bring you someone who was more eloquent with his speech, who did not stumble. There were no audible pauses, but I regret to inform you. I am the same man as I was last, last year. And though I would resolve to making less mistakes, like I said at the beginning, resolutions aren't really my thing, man. That's just not, <laughs> I always fail. Everyone always fails because of this arbitrary date that we've set ourselves. We, we almost certainly set ourselves up for failure and disappointment. This is what I'll say about resolutions. If you feel like you need to change something in your life, do it right now. Start it right now at that, this moment. This is January 6th, but if it is March 14th and you feel the urge to do something better, do it better at that point. Anyway. Uh, Miyazaki says the level of freedom that we wanted to ultimately achieve in Elden Ring exceeded what we were initially planning for. This complexity gradually built up and the time needed to debug and QA in particular took a lot of effort. That game's coming out on February 25th on everything. Well, everything except for the Switch. Switch couldn't, Switch couldn't handle it. Marvel's Avengers, this is a rumor, the Marvel's Avengers game is adding She-Hulk. I don't care. I rightly, I rightly don't care because the Avengers game has been such a, a letdown and such an obvious cash grab, <laughs> such an obvious cash grab. And going back to that, uh, what, what was it? What was I talking about? Where am I? 2022. You're doing the news desk. You're talking about. Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. Spider-Man being an exclusive to the PlayStation and then Xbox getting nothing in return. There there goes my my bias, uh, my strong inclination toward Xbox again. But I am still pissed off about it, man. Like, what the heck? They get Spider-Man. Though, their Spider-Man was greatly lampooned because 
everyone's saying that the grappling and swinging in Halo Infinite is way better than the Spider-Man in the Marvel's Avenger, Avengers game. The Spider-Man swinging in the Legos Marvel's game is way better than that Spider-Man. And the Spider-Man swinging in Fortnite is way better than that Spider-Man as well. So I guess I'm not too terribly upset. Indie survival horror game Ill looks gorgeous thanks to Unreal Engine 5. So I went on... Uh, Gaming Bolt's where I found the article, and in the article, they have five videos of this game ill length. And I watched a, a couple of them. Oh my gosh, they are not right. This is an indie title, but it looks better than many, many first-person horror games. And I did not play Resident Evil Village, but I saw a lot of footage of Resident Evil Village. I would dare say that it looks even better than that. If you get an opportunity, go onto YouTube, search uh, ill and find this game or go to gaming bolt and read this article and find these trailers because it's it's amazing like the shadows the the textures it just feels all so real feels unreal if i'm going to be honest with you uh 2022 will be quote another strong growth year for playstation 5 and xbox series x and s that says um, the AMD CEO, Lisa Sue. she says, quote, I think the console business, this console cycle, and all, when you look at it at, in totality, has been amazing. Sue said, I mean, if you think about the strength of the cycle, now we're sort of deep into the second year, and the fact that demand is so high, I mean, we've been shipping a lot of the product. So the fact that the demand is still high says something uh, about just sort of the product capability that's been captured by both Microsoft and Sony in this console cycle. We're continuing to ramp up production. We expect 2022 to be another strong growth year for consoles. If you look at the typical console cycle, the peak year is actually the fourth year typically. And so you would expect maybe 2023 would be the peak year. This, this statement by the CEO of AMD hits a little bit different because no one can find these consoles anywhere. The Xbox Series X and the PlayStation 5, yes, they are selling like gangbusters, but they are also not uh, producing as many as they could be or as many as they should be. So to celebrate and to pat yourself on the back and say, man, we're doing such a great job shipping these consoles when there is still a large swath of the consumer base that, that has not had the opportunity to get one of these consoles, I think is a little bit disingenuous. And I think there's also a degree, and this is conspiratorial, it has no, no grounding in anything that I've read, researched, or looked at, but there, there it just feels like it, there's a real feeling of, uh, fake scarcity, like they are, they are intentionally not developing these things to drive consumer demand. And I know there is a chip shortage, but this comment in tandem with the shortage that we are having with these consoles, oh man, it just, it hits some, something different. You know what I mean? Halo Infinite Speedrunner beats the game in less than 30 minutes and that's on gamerant.com i went and found that article there um that's impressive that's impressive especially how big it is but i have seen some really cool speed hacks like there's those little thermal canisters that you you can grab and throw and they explode and people have been standing on those jumping aiming down and grappling the canister up to them 
which then in turn launches them across the map. So I assume some kind of exploit, some kind of speedrunning hack like that was used in the speedrun. But 30 minutes, man, that is that's impressive. But if you've watched any videos of speedrunners, you see them glitch through walls. You see them uh, skip entire segments You because the game is built and the game is is all in there. It's just a matter of unlocking it in a way that the developers did not intend you to unlock it. Final Fantasy 14 players are begging Square Enix to cancel its NFT plans. Now, if you didn't uh, hear the podcast on Monday, Anthony talked a little bit about uh, the metaverse and NFTs and kind of this explosion of technology with Web3 and where we're heading into the future. And so it's, it's kind of funny because now we're getting, again, more and more reports about NFTs and video games. I didn't even know Square Enix was looking at NFTs. But uh, on New Year's Day, a letter from Square Enix president, Yosuke Matsuda, was published on Square Enix's official site. Within the letter... Matsuda spoke uh, in support of cryptocurrency, NFTs, and a movement from games being designed for players who, quote, play to have fun to, quote, play to contribute, as he worded it. And so a lot of people are really upset about that. They don't want this NFT thing to go forward. It feels so much like an unstoppable movement at this point in time. Like, it feels like it's really unstoppable. Um, Who are the other ones? Ubisoft did one and then there was one other one that I talked about on the show last week or the week before um, Ubisoft had quartz I think and then someone else just got like their fans shut them down Twitch co-founder launches a gaming NFT marketplace again from gamerant.com co-founder of Twitch Justin Ka launches a marketplace designed for selling gaming related NFTs for blockchain game companies uh, the entrepreneur is massively supportive of cryptocurrency, NFTs, and other blockchain technologies, particularly in video games. That's why he is launching Fractal, an NFT marketplace designed for blockchain-based video games to sell NFTs directly to buyers and for NFT owners to resell their purchases. Um, the thing about NFTs... <laughs> I've said the thing about several times in this podcast episode. Like I said, you're not getting a new Dustin. This is the same Dustin from 2021. It's just 2022. Oh, by the way, good riddance 2021. Uh, am I right? Like, let's let's close the chapter on that one and start a new one this year, which turns out is much of the same as last year. Uh, I had an event in my house and um, Anthony had these massive windstorms where he lives. Like, there's just been some things happening uh, here at the beginning of 2021. Uh, okay, so the games that a Fractal is working on, or not the games uh, that he's working on, but the games that are going to include sales and creations of NFTs include Mini Royale, Neon Heroes, uh, and Cave World. And so these seem like really... Um, not, what's the, what's the, not, not spyware, not randomware, not malware. There is, it's like, it's, it's like a really cheap game. They, they, they feel like the game where you're trying to free the princess on, you know, you're scrolling through one of your feeds and then you're trying to free the princess and they can't free the princess because they're just dumb. And you're like, ah, you're, let me show you how to do it. And then you download the game and it's not even a complete game. You know, the games I'm talking about, that's what these kind of games feel like. 
Um, okay, what else is going on? CES is ending a day early due to the coronavirus pandemic. So I think it was supposed to be five days. It is four days now. No, it's three days. Um, it was supposed to run from January 5th through January 8th. It's now going to end on the 7th. So the 5th, 6th, and the 7th. Um, oh, shit. So when you're listening to this episode, it's already been on for a day. And you're listening on day two. Tune in to CES. Tell me what you think about CES. We'll talk about it next week. Or I'm sure Anthony will want to talk about it. And he'll probably see something cool that he wants to talk about. But CES is a little bit shorter. And they put that out in a tweet. They said, CES 2022 will be closing one day early. And the in-person event will take place in Las Vegas on January 5th through the 7th, uh, 2022. Those that are unable to travel for CES have the flexibility to join digitally with access to more than 40 conference sessions. And so no doubt those will be playing on YouTube and Twitch. You can take a look. Here's another NFT story. Sega is experimenting with NFTs and will not or won't implement it if it is against company standards. So that's an interesting thing. And I think if Sega is very interested in implementing NFTs in any of their games, in any of their marketplaces, they will uh, rewrite the company standards. I don't think that any of these are like a... Um, like a untouchable constitution to these, these places, a, a unamenable, um, <laughs> sacred document. These are company statutes that are rewritten all the time, essentially. All right. Then I went over to gamefragger.com, found a couple stories over there. I thought you might be interested in. There's a Fortnite skin based on doom slayer from doom coming soon, according to a reputable insider, and again, Fortnite continues to be the, the, uh, compilation, the mashup of, uh, the, the best mashup game of all games that in gaming history. Wow. 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 I could not get through that, <laughs> through that at all. Starfield Bethesda, uh, reveals stunning new crystalline cave location from an upcoming game. It's just a screenshot of a nice, pretty-looking cave. Looks very cool. I'm very excited for that game. Xbox exclusive, by the way. Supposed to come out in November. It'll be curious to see if Mr. Todd Howard can keep his set date of, I believe it's November 11th. He likes the 11-11s. If he can keep 11-11 on the calendar for Starfield, just, I mean, nothing against Bethesda. Fallout 76, they need to get this one right after 76, and there have been so many delays uh, that have plagued the gaming industry because mostly of the pandemic, but for other reasons, you know, the shortages, which I guess are also caused by the pandemic as well. Um, so it'll be surprising to see if he gets it out in November, but I'm very much looking forward to it. I mean, this is the same developer that made Skyrim and Fallout, that made Elder Scrolls and Fallout franchises what they are and this is the first this is the first time in shoot what two three decades that we're getting a brand new ip from bethesda i'm very interested and you should be as well super smash brothers creator masahiro sakurai on the future of the franchise following super smash bros ultimate uh so what he said and he's he's done they they put the last DLC out for Super Smash Brothers Ultimate which is a huge game and a huge mashup in and of itself he says 
I can't really think about future prospects at the moment. If Nintendo decides they want to make another one and offers me the job, that's when I'd start thinking about it. When you say, quote, returning to the series, it makes it sound like there's going to be another Smash Bros. title. But currently, there are no such plans. It would be best not to assume that there will always be another one. Which is a, that's a, that's a interesting thought there. Because that's always my assumption. My assumption is there will always be a sequel. When Cowboy Bebop came out and it ended on such an abrupt note, my assumption was there was going to be a, a sequel. And, you know, dollars dollars make the world go round, and so that assumption is not always correct. I mean, just based on, obviously, Cowboy Bebop was canceled. Sakurai says there's not right now any intention of the Smash Brothers series to return again, even though it was overwhelmingly successful and is still played in competitive circuits around the world. Doesn't mean that it needs to come back. Good one, Sakurai. Thank you. That was some good good brain candy for today. Uh, he went on to say, uh, apart from that, I may not necessarily continue with creating more games, as I could potentially go down a different path. As for involvement with the gaming industry, there are various ways to do that. I like to keep an open mind about what I should do and take a look at the different possibilities. So I think that's a good, good answer to the question from Sakurai. I mean, it's open-ended. It's not... Um, not a, not a punctuation. It's not a, a tease or a rumor. It's just like, Hey, this is what I did. I did a good job. Uh, well, he didn't say that we we're saying that for you, Sakurai, you are a treasure, but you didn't put Waluigi in smash bros. So I don't think we can ever forgive you. Actually, I, I just, I had to look it up. I had to Google it. How many characters are in super smash brothers ultimate? And there are 89 playable characters and yeah some of the some of the characters play very similar to some of the other characters but for such a a diverse cast of characters from all corners of the video game universe i think it's a incredible crowning achievement for nintendo and for sakurai specifically sir we thank you for your service um okay that's the crystalline cave and oh shoot that's that's all I have for the news show. The new year news show is what we're going to call it now. I've been thinking a little bit on how to rework this broadcast uh, a little bit as for maybe a relaunch of the news show. So if you are interested in getting onto Twitter or Facebook or Instagram at Culture Jacked and tweeting us uh, hashtag news show at Culture Jacked, for with your ideas or suggestions on what I could do to to change it up or, you know, the things that you really like about the news show. I'd love to hear that. I also like to hear the things that you really dislike. Is it enough me going through these headlines and giving you my uh, my perspective on the different different stories that are coming out Um you like me telling you about what games are being released or would you like me to to tell more of a personal story in regards to video games. I'm open to anything. I'm, I'm making some notes. I'm, I'm drafting up some things myself, but your help would always be appreciated. So you can get a hold of me in those ways or uh, email at culture.collective.x2 at gmail.com. We've also got a community over on Beams. Not a community, but I've got a Beam. I've got a Beam handle. If you want to have a talk with me, we can talk in a pre-recorded audio mini podcast type of way. And I'd love to do that with you. I think that'd be so much fun. We've got a YouTube channel. There's a couple videos up on that. That's pretty, pretty neat. Um, 
both Anthony and I are on TikTok. Um, check out our link tree if you're interested in those links. And then if you are, if you made a resolution to support your creative friends more or, or friends that are undertaking maybe like a, a potential branding type situation, like we are, we're trying to brand ourselves as a podcast that that really specializes in movies and television and video games and technology and, and kind of popular culture and media sort of things. If you are interested in supporting those things and by us allowing you to do so, support your new year's resolution to be more supportive, you can leave us a review. It would be incredibly helpful to leave us a review, especially if you think positively of the podcast. If you think that we're doing a bang up great job, then you can let us know in a review. Stay tuned for our other shows, too. We've got more shows than just the news desk. Tomorrow, I've got a show called The Friday Show, where I get to talk about whatever I want, and I definitely have a New Year's resolution for that show. So stay tuned for that. Then on Saturday, we have On Today's Episode. We've talked about all kinds of movies and TV shows on today's episode. We've talked about, most recently, Anthony did a bunch of ones about Hawkeye. We've got Black Widow, WandaVision, Loki's up there. We did a little bit of Invincible, a little bit of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. And on Saturday, I'm going to start with a special guest talking about the Wheel of Time series. On Amazon. So you're going to want to tune in for that. It's really good. Then on Sunday, I don't know why I said it like that. Anthony drops you the movie, uh, the movie news, the TV news, the Hollywood news on Weekend Wire on Sunday. And then on Monday, he's got a show like mine on Friday where he gets to talk about whatever he wants and explore, uh, you know, maybe his New Year's resolution. Like I said, he just got done talking about uh, the metaverse, and that was really interesting. So tune into that show on Monday, and then back here on Thursday for more of the News Desk. It's 2022. We're going to go into this one as strong as we left 2021. I mean, I thought we went in strong. If you didn't think it, that's, that's your own business. But that's all I've got for the news, and we'll see you next week.